0: Hey it's your Kali, what's, what's up? You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning there's a possibility that your mind will blow.
1: This show will start 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
2: Hey, you're LGBTQ plus BBs. BBs. I'm Gigi. And I'm Dee. And remember, you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. Welcome back. Back, 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 back. Gigi, shut up. Girl, who do you think you're talking to? I will rock your... Anyways, today we will be
3: talking about our coming out stories and other LGBTQ plus issues.
2: All right, BBs, let's get started. So, Gigi... What's the
3: gayest thing out there?
2: The LGBTQ community. Duh. duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, who makes up the LGBTQ plus community?
3: First, let's start off with our dear lesbians.
2: Our homegirls.
3: All right. So, if you, for those of you that don't know, lesbian is a woman who's exclusively
2: or almost exclusively attracted to other women. Yeah. And then we also have, so that was L, now we have G. So, G stands for gay, which is someone whose attractions are exclusively or almost exclusively same gender, while anyone can identify as gay. The term tends to be associated more with men than with women, who may also identify as lesbian. Then, then there's our bisexual sisters, and mm-hmm. bisexual or bi
3: is someone who is attracted to their own gender and another, so they like both.
2: Period. And then we have our transgender or trans sisters. So typically refers to anyone whose gender identity does not align with their assigned sex and gender at birth. Some trans people are binary, binary identified. Others are not. And then there's other kinds of like terms for trans, but that's a whole other subject. Yeah. And then there's our queer babies.
3: One, one of the most complicated terms on this list some LGBT people use it to describe their, sexual, their own sexual orientation. But it's, more, but it's important to note that queer was once considered a derogatory term for LGBT people.
2: Yeah, um, many people within the community think the word has been reclaimed. But it may still be offensive to some, especially people from older generations. It's one of those words that is easier for people inside the community to use than outside of it. It's probably best to not to it's probably best not to describe someone as queer unless you're sure they are comfortable with it. So make sure you always ask our BBs because if you attack our BBs, me and Gigi will show up. You know, you know you know um <laughs> that girl, what's her name? Um, um, what's her name? Blair Mary. Um, we're gonna show up like that. Yeah. We're we're gonna hunt you, you know, <laughs> hunt you down.
3: <laughs> you might also see it written as L G B T Q A with the A signifying either ally. Which is supportive or asexual, which is?
2: Oh, so like asexual. It's um, someone who generally does not feel sexual attraction. Being ex- asexual is not the same thing as being um, celibate. Um, asexual refers to a lack of sexual attraction, not to abstinence. Um, asexual people can and often do experience romantic feelings and ...can have successful relationships with people who may also be asexual or may not. And last but not least,
3: let's not forget our dear allies. In this context, this usually means a person who does not identify as LGBTQ, but who supports the rights and experiences of people who do. That said, LGBTQ people can also be allies. For instance, a cisgender gay person might be an ally to a transgender
2: person. Yeah, so for example, um Gigi's talking. Um um I identify as gay. NDDU gay. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do who are some of your allies?
3: Uh I guess I guess you could say my straight friends cuz like they they're the ones that stick up for you. Like you know, you know like when you're growing up and you're still in the closet but they know mm-hmm. and it's like there's that like Straight bully that's, like, bullying you. And, like, there's your friends out there sticking up for you. They're like, okay, so what? He's gay? I'm going to fight you anyway. Like Right.
2: But, like, they're defending you. They're like, no, he's not. Like, he Mm -hmm. had, like, three girlfriends. Like, calm down, you know. And then you're denying it, too. You're You're like, like, yeah, no. What are you talking about? Literally. For me, I would say, like, my biggest ally would be my mom. Like, she's always like, okay. So, first of all, I'm a mess. When I was little, I was horrible child- I was literally like... Sweetie, you stole art. Um, okay. Mm. Anyways, I was always, like, getting into trouble because I like to climb trees, and I would always, like, go to the very tip-top, and then I would also be very, like... How do I say? Very flirtatious when I was little, too. So I would always get into trouble, and my mom, she, she always knew I was gay, but, like, she was, like, my biggest supporter. Like, if, if the tias, the aunties, you know, they try to comfort me, she'll be like, Sweetie, who you talking to? That's my child. Calm down. Mm. You know, they're like, you're not mama, so sit, take several seats, sweaty. Yes. You know. <laughs> Do you have any lesbian friends? No, I mean,
3: it's like no, I have. It's kind of like, to be honest, you're like the first like gay friend. Like you know the other gay guy I told you about, but like we're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. We're not, into that. <laughs> we're not getting into that. There's some tea, but we don't got time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you were actually the first gay friend that I've had.
2: Oh my god. okay wow i feel special and it's
3: like i mean i had um by like my best friend stephanie she's bisexual but Mm -hmm. like you know like it's not it's not the same yeah it's like um she's she she likes both but like it's not it's not the same because she's like mainly attracted to guys but like yeah she's Mm -hmm. also attracted to girls so it's like
2: we support yeah a bike queen Mm -hmm. yeah for me like Like, how you said, like, it seems like it's hard to make friends with other people who identify as your sexuality. Yeah. But, you know, that's another story that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. um, later on another segment in the show. Um, And, yeah, for me, like, you're, like, my second, like, actual friend that I'll consider Mm -hmm. my friend (laughs) who's gay. Because, like, I had a couple, but then, like, how we're going to get into the segment later on, like, things just were kind of very... Intimidating for them um. So you know Yeah you know the story You're not a star, not a star. <laughs> So you know Things like that happen But yeah I feel like our community Is just beautiful It's it Like our community Is what It Yeah It totally is It totally freaking is <laughs> So Do you know any trans Or transgender
3: Uh, Okay At this point It's like I mm, Oh well You know No I shouldn't say because it's 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 like wrong to assume, but mm-hmm. so
2: not really. I don't really know anyone. Oh, I got you. Well, it's
3: like I'm still new. I'm still new. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> you know, we still gotta meet our people, and you know, they'll Fresh come along the way. Fresh out the closet. I'm Fresh about out about the too. closet. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I have um, she, she. Oh my god. She allowed me to tell her story too, but um, I kind of don't want to share it just because you, mm-hmm. you know I want to keep it kind of you know. PG in here. Yeah. Oh. So I'm going to share oh. another transgender mm-hmm. friend who his name is Corey. Uh-huh. And so he was born... He was assigned his birth as female when he was born. And now he goes by male pronouns. Mm-hmm. He's also transitioning. Uh-huh. And, you know, now his name is Corey. And he is, like, the best. Like, oh, my God, Diego. I'm still kind of <laughs> shook. Because, like, how do you not have like your uh, your all uh, friends you know like what what happened to your family what happened to our lgbtq <laughs> family you know i'm gonna have to put you put you on with corey like he he's <laughs> amazing he's funny he's hilarious he told me he he said i can share some of his stories you know like i feel like trans people go through a lot yeah they really do cuz like, like he came out as trans or he found out he was trans mm-hmm. and came out to his parents and it's
3: like some parents are like, okay, I get it. And then others are like, uh, think again.
2: Yeah, it's like, so hard yeah. for them to accept. It's like, honestly, I
3: think like, their struggle is the hardest in the LGBT community.
2: For sure. Because um, Corey told me, he said that when he was a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. which I met him in high school. He was a junior at the time, and I was a freshman. And he told me how his um, parents, they kicked him out of his house. Oh, my God. And so he had to literally live by himself. He, he, he told me I can share the story. So I'm yeah, just gonna, okay. But I don't want to share, you know, our, our, my other homegirls. I'm about to say, sis, did he say it's okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And so, you know, shout out to Corey, you know, if you're listening. Like, I love you, babes, you know. And so, yeah, that was hard. He had to work very young. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're a sophomore, how old are you? Like, you turned 16. Yeah. So, yeah. You can
3: start working, but still you're on your own. Yeah. It's like, oh. And you have
2: no credit. Yeah. And then you have to find places to live because not only did his parents didn't accept him, but also felt other family members. Oh. Uh, not even his grandparents. I was like, sus. Um, come on now. So, that, like, where did he go?
3: Like, that's just my question. Like, it's kind of like, when you get kicked out, it's like, what do you do? Where do you go?
2: Yeah. What Corey told me, he said he just lived in, like, he lived in, like, in a, in a ghetto. Oh. And so, basically, it was, like, in a, it was just a, like, very Beat up apartment. That's how he oh. described it too. So mm-hmm. I'm just okay. I'm not gonna like, okay. judge his place, you know. But like, and he said that yeah, he had to live there, you know, mm-hmm. work his butt off, and do what he had to do. But you know, now he's doing great. He's in college, you know. He's on his own, that's and right. also that's what I like about our community. We get to choose our families, you know. Yeah. Like we get to, and like for you, like I would consider you like a brother you know for sure uh you know although we always fight and he's always dragging me by my edges or whatever
4: y'all see a video soon <laughs>
2: stop <laughs> okay so now we're gonna go into a quick song can
4: you feel the love
3: Welcome back to our coming out show. Previously, we talked about the LGBT community and how grand it is, full of all of these amazing, different people. And now we're going to talk about the our controversial tea spilling coming, coming out. out.
2: Sorry. <laughs> oh, we irritating. Okay. So, what does coming out? What does coming out mean to us? So, coming out is when you expose a fact or a part of your identity to the people closest to you. On the other hand, coming out is associated associated a lot with people of the LGBTQ plus, exposing their sexuality to their parents and loved ones yes. or gender. Yeah. Mhm. Very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So just some just some questions, you know? Um, how was your coming out experience? Sweet, sweet. It was a mess. It was a mess. <laughs> it was a uh, interesting. i I mean, we're gonna get into it, right? Yeah, we're we gonna sure get into are. It. That's that's for sure.
3: Y'all gotta hear it. I don't gotta say anything. You're gonna hear it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it.
2: So, what are like some positive coming out stories you've heard?
3: Um, I remember watching this uh video where it was like it was on Me Too, like that. Mm-hmm. And like, there was like this boy basically recording, like, he's in the backseat of the car and he's like recording, um, like, he's coming out yeah. and like he's crying at the same time. And I was just like, oh my god, this is getting emotional. And like, the parents were like, because like, he's all, like, oh, because he is. It's, like, that he's gay. And, like, his parents are, like, okay, and we don't care. Like, right. Like, that's, like, okay. And he's <laughs> all, like, but, like, when we go to parties, people be looking at me all, like, he's, like, oh, well, that's you. Like, that's, like, you, should, you shouldn't worry about how other people view you. Period. It's, like, sis.
2: Come on. So, yeah. Um. What about some negative? Well, I shared one from my dearest friend, Corey. Yeah. I was about
3: to say, like, bitch, ne-
2: <laughs> the girl. The negative one <clears throat> is... Homeboy Corey Cause
3: uh, yeah. damn But have you heard one? Um Let me I need a thing Cause girl, I When I'm bored I just watch like Coming out stories Oh damn <laughs> And I'm like When I'm bored When I'm bored bored, that I'll watch that Uh And B Girl There's some stories Where like I remember they were Reading letters mm-hmm. Telling them about Their coming out stories And like There were some Where like They would get kicked out And they'd be like Oh my god That's like heartbreaking
2: Yeah Like um Just to mention you guys Like previously I talked about um, my dear friend Corey and how he transitioned from female to male, and so basically when he came out to his parents, he was a sophomore in high school, and what basically happened? His parents kicked him out, oh. and so when they kicked him out, he had to work, start working because he had to make a living like mm-hmm. by himself. Um, he had to live in a ghetto, and as he as he s- told me to say, <laughs> he said he lived in a very like you know messy like messed up just messy. ugly like apartment but you know it's like what he is he's a beautiful person now he's in college he's studying you know he's doing all these right things flourishing he's doing what he's supposed to do (laughs) period you know yeah so yeah that's that's a negative but like a positive you know something good came out of it it's just sad that he has to find our family now you know but it's 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 always
3: good just like you know it's like a nice feeling to have your old your your, like actual family and then it's like oh well they don't accept me. I yeah.
2: It's always sad. Yeah. It's always. Well, yeah. Well, again, shout out to Corey. We love yeah. you. We love you. Bessie toast. All right. And yeah. So, any, any anything else? Any other mm. questions you want to ask?
3: I think that's, that's good because we about to get into this
2: hot, tea spilling, controversial coming out, out story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, have fun, guys.
3: Welcome back to my channel. Hi, how are ya? Now in today's video, I had to kick out Sister Gigi cause you know, she was getting my last nerve, but she might be beef. I might give her a knot in the head, <laughs> JK. But no, seriously, all jokes aside, today's topic isn't very serious, but it isn't something that should be taken as a joke because coming out isn't a joke. For the past 16 years, I have lived in the west side of Chicago in Little Village. You know, it's a nice little neighborhood, but it's not a little safe either. Oh, well. But when I grew up, I I wouldn't say the environment was safe. But that was because, like, I hardly went out and, like, I had a backyard to myself. So, like, why would I need to go out? The first time I discovered personally that I was gay, even though at first I didn't want to admit it, but it happened, I was uh, in, I I was going to do my first communion. I didn't know, I didn't know why I wanted to do it. Like I just, my whole family was doing it. Even though my brother didn't do it, I wanted to do it just to get that experience. And there I met this boy, probably shouldn't say his name. I didn't realize I I had feelings for him. Like my first year I was there and like, you know, I wasn't clingy, but I was, I would always be around him. Like we'd be very close. And it wasn't until the second year that I really like, I would just have like butterflies every time I would be around him. And literally at one point, like, I was like in my room in bed and I was like, I have a crush on him. <laughs> and I'm like, I, at first I didn't deny it because I was like, oh, he cute or whatever. But like, OK, like, let's go with it. But like, I just kept it to myself. Like, I didn't tell anyone. And well, Liking him kind of like started some beef in eighth grade with this other boy. But we're not going to get into that, you know. Um, at first, the way I felt being gay, I kind of tried to deny it. Or, like, I kind of wanted to keep it a secret because, I don't know, it was, like, I felt like um, people would be disappointed or mad. Like, you know, because like, I would always see those things, like those stories where someone would come out or they would be teased or they would be abandoned by their family. And, you know, it was like, I wasn't like scared that that was going to happen to me, but I was, it was still a looming threat where it's like, that could happen to me. So I kind of like, if I were to come out, I would come out as bisexual because it's like, it, it would be okay. I mean, I guess like, oh, I like boys, but I mean, I still like girls. It's all, it's okay, right? I mean, not really because I was just lying to myself and, and that wasn't a good idea either like and not looking at back it's like I like the amount of people I've told like yeah I'm bisexual when in reality it's like don't lie to yourself I didn't decide to come out at first like I I didn't know when would be the good time to come out and I wasn't I didn't even have that choice to come out I was almost well I wasn't almost I was pretty much outed and by a complete strangers that I didn't even know, and it was and it was embarrassing too. Um. So story time. What happened was, me and my me and my parents. Like my brother was off to college, so me and my parents we just go do the regular thing on Saturdays. We go shopping. It's whatever. And we were going up to like, um, Target, or around there. I forgot the store. We left the car and we're like, you know, we're walking to like leaving the car, walking to the store, and um. I didn't pay attention but I had the f- I just knew that it was about me. Where um there was these group of guys in this car and like we're just like walking ahead of them and like but they drove by, like it was it happened fast and it was like, oh wait, what just happened? And I knew it was about me and I knew like they said that for it, didn't they? They said something. But I kinda played it like i didn't hear what they said what are you talking about you know and like my parents played it off like that too and like we just walked into the store and acted like nothing happened i, I was like I've, when we walked into the store i was scared but when they like played it off like oh what was that about like i don't know what they said i was like well if they didn't hear anything i didn't hear anything either like oh well and like i we just went off with our day we finished our shopping we went home I went to go hang out with my best friend cause like we made plans earlier and we hung out with this boy who we had a feud over later but that's a story for another time. <laughs> and I was like, it, it just went normal. It was just a normal day. It wasn't until I get home. I walk in, like I walk upstairs and like my dad's in the kitchen along with my mom. Mom's just on her phone, my dad's drinking a cup of beer. And I'm like, what's going on? Like I just, I literally just say, I'm back. And they just look at me and they don't say anything. They just go back to whatever they're doing. And I'm like, okay then you know uh but i just walked to my room and i start unpacking the stuff i brought like my lipstick my wallet the uno cards i brought <laughs> and like i just start to hear them argue and it's obvious that it's about me and i was well at first i didn't think it was about me i thought they were just arguing because like i thought when i got home they probably had an argument and that's why they were just like sitting there like but when I start to, like, listen more into the conversation, it's obvious that it's about me. And I just sit at the edge of my bed, and I'm a little, like, I can, like, you know, when you try to swallow a big pill, it's, like, that just, that feeling. I'm just scared. And I'm like, oh, boy, what's going on? What are they going to do? And uh, my dad, like, he, he, like, I, this, like, like, the one part of the conversation the conversation that I actually remember is like, why does he have to go like that out in public? And like that kind of hit me, because I'm like, oh boy, what's gonna happen now? And then he just storms off downstairs and sits in the backyard. And my mom comes over to my room and tells me everything that went down. And I'm like, oh boy, what's going on now? And she basically, like, she was just saying how he really mad he was. And what really got to me was they were siding with complete strangers. That got to me so much because, like, that was more embarrassing. Like, you're going to side with these complete strangers that we've never met before that just we had this one encounter with, and because of what they said, you guys side with them. It it was complete BS. And she was just telling me, like, look, whatever you're doing, you got to stop. Like, she had, like, no, like, I wouldn't say remorse. Just, like, no emotion when she was talking about it. Like, she wasn't, like... Mad. She wasn't sad. She wasn't like anything. She was just like, well, you got to stop doing whatever you're doing to make him happy. I was like, I don't have to make anyone happy. The only person I should make happy is myself. Like, you can't take away. Because, like, it was, like, I, I, because I wear makeup. And they weren't happy with it. Especially my mom. My mom still isn't okay with it. But I suppose she tolerates it now. And my dad at this point is like, He's come to the realization where it's like, okay, this is your thing. I can't really do anything about it. You do whatever you want. If you decide to stop wearing it, that's on you. If you want to keep wearing it, that's on you. Just know that I'm here and I love you, whatever. And they were just telling me like, I need to, well, she was telling me that I need to stop, that I either need to get rid of all that makeup or to give it to her. And I'm like, sis, you got me if I'm gonna give that to you. And I started crying in front of her, and still, like, her with no emotion in her face, like, she just, she was just like, I don't care, just do what you gotta do, just don't stop doing that. And, like, she just walked out of my room, and I was just sitting at the edge of my bed, and I was crying. Like, I never really told anyone, like, what happened, except for, like, my best friend, Stephanie, and my brother, because right after that, I was texting both of them, except I, well, I texted my best friend telling everything that happened. I wasn't in the mood for talking because, like, what is she going to do? Like, I'm not to be, like, yeah, she can comfort me, comfort me. But, like, it wasn't really going to help my situation. I really needed someone that was going to, like, get me out of the situation that was really going to stick up for me. And, like, I just automatically, I was, like, texting my brother, like, dude, whenever you're available, when you get out of work, when you're not with your friends, when you're by yourself, can you please just give me a call because I can't, like, do this by myself. And I was, ugh, I was like he called me like I like go ask him to mom and dad tell you anything like anything that happened today like anything that involved me like anything bad and he's like no they didn't say anything I was like I pretty much just came out to him over the phone and like told him everything that happened and like he obviously like heard me crying on the phone and like he had no words either because he was pretty disappointed not in like that I'm gay no never that But, like, because uh, what they said to me, what those people said to me, and how my parents were siding with them. And, like, the next day, when, like, usual, like, when we're eating, he called us. And I wouldn't say he yelled at them, but he pretty much scolded them and told them, like, that's how, like, how dare you. And, like, my mom kind of gave me a look while we were eating. She's like, why'd you go to tell him? And I'm like, he's part of this family, too. He should know. Like, whenever you guys have arguments, I always tell him so we can, like, try to help maybe fix it because somehow he's the only one that can like help like fix these situations even earlier that day like when i was clean because like it was like me and my mom were cleaning like my dad just like well as i'm like i don't know what i was like was polishing something i don't know and like my dad just comes and like hugs me from the back and he's all like i love you just know that and i'm like that was his like apology of like saying sorry but like i'm too prideful to say sorry So I was like, well, I mean, he's okay with it now. And ever since, like, my mom, like, has gone to work, like, I have a stronger bond with my dad because I see him more. I bond with him more because, like, well, he's in the house. Like, we're, like, two people in this house. We need to get along. Even though, like, I never, like, you know, he's there. He's my dad. But, like, I never really talked to him. After that, I guess we got closer together or whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, the best part of coming out would have to be, like, you just... You can breathe now because it's, like, you... Like, and, like, if you any of you guys seen the movie Love, Simon, it's, like, when the mom was talking about, like, to her son after, like, he was outed, saying, like, I felt like you were holding your breath. And it kind of feels like that, too, where it's, like, you're holding your breath, like, like, you want to say it, but, like, you can't really because you don't know how people are going to react to it. And it's it's nerve-wracking, but, like, once you, like, let it out, it's like, you, like, even it doesn't have to be, like, a family member, it could be, like, oh, you you come out to a friend or like a sibling and they're like, I don't care, like cool, whatever. And then it's just like, it's just like that relief. You're like, oh, okay, that's that's good. And it's like, you don't have to like hide it anymore. Cause like, that's how I felt. Like not only when I like coming out, but also when I was wearing makeup, when people would say, are you wearing like concealer? Or like, are you wearing foundation or mascara or whatever? I'd be like, oh no, that's just like, you know, my natural beauty is be, be envious or whatever yeah like i would always be nervous but like now when people ask me like not only like do your makeup like also are you gay it's like just like better like it's not saying like the better lifestyle but it's like it's it's just like nicer like you don't have this secret anymore it's out there and like and there's also like so many people that are more accepting like there's many people that will be out there that will love and support you no matter what now from my tip for you guys are you scared little sisters in the closet? <laughs> Get out and play no. <laughs> Like, that's not my tip. My tip is just take your time, squeeze. Like, you have so many people that will love you and support you and cherish you. Like, you have a whole community of people that will back you up. Like, at least now you can walk down the block with like without being called anything. Depends where you are, though. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, you'll, like, you will be safe. Not everywhere is a safe environment, but still, like, you, be be, be careful. Because there's some people out here that are, like, crazy. Just take your time. You have people that love you. I love you, sweeties, even though I don't know you. All right. My parents really ain't sh- For making my coming out difficult. But shout out to Brother Luis for making that easier for homegirl. Until next time, BBs. Now let me get this witch in here.
2: okay guys so (gasps) welcome back 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 again sweetie don't try it start again (laughs) excuse me excuse me okay anyways um dd's here being a freaking annoying person right now i do not appreciate this but previously we talked about um what the lgbtq community stands for you know we talked about you know all our bb's over here um we also talked about some coming out stories you know and we just had beautiful amateur didi's audio piece it was ho- i'm kidding Squeeze it was beautiful <laughs> like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> it was really great it I was DD's. Did <laughs> i did not you right but his audio piece was amazing oh my god didi you thank are a you. brave soul thank you so much wow i and should win an oscar for that <laughs> you should win a grand everything everything you period. know period okay So now, remember, the radio show is coming up where we discuss a lot of LGBTQ plus issues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So right now, we are going to talk... Well, I'm going to talk about um, (laughs) living in a dominantly hetero society. So let me just say one thing. Um, I feel like growing up, kids are taught to idolize heterosexual relationships. When kids were watch movies it always was a mom and a dad and there was always a couple added into the scenes you know who were hetero as well Um, there was no room for like gay or lesbian couples because god forbid that little GD or DD would grow up to choose their lifestyle and the media and their limitations on having one standard for relationships is one of the causes why people are so frightened to live their lives they were born with because sus we didn't choose this life who huh Right, like, no one chooses to live the life of an LGBTQ plus person. Because
3: it's like, if if we're able to choose, like, what we want to be, don't you think, like, if people keep telling us that's wrong, we would choose to be straight? Like, no, that doesn't work. Right. That's not how it works.
2: Nobody chooses to live a hetero life, you know? And, like, this being said, like, it's not a reason to, like, say, like, your children would choose to be, like, like, be a part of the LGBTQ plus community, you Mm -hmm. know, like... It's not an excuse to exclude... That's like not an excuse to exclude yeah. homosexual couples, you know, in the media, like. And it's like it. saying how, oh,
3: you're corrupting my kid by like having shows that like, um. Uh, you know, like I'm movies, like yeah, like like that promote like hey, like this is okay. And then they're like, "Oh, they're corrupting my kid. They're gonna make him start thinking around. They're gonna make him do this stuff." Like, no. Yeah. But it's like good to educate your kid that he shouldn't, he or she shouldn't go around like saying, like the f word or anything like to someone, or like saying the t, word. like you know, like all like homophobic yeah. slurs. Like they, like they should know better that it's okay, especially from a young age, because once you like teach them from a young age, they're gonna be like, "Okay, this is okay. This was not okay," you know.
2: Exactly. And right now. I have my amazing audio piece that I created with Mariah and is named after her, Mariah. And she will explain to you guys a little more about her story.
5: My name is Mariah Flores. I am 17 and I am from Archer Heights. I identify as lesbian. I constantly moved when I was younger so I don't have a specific location where I grew up. But most of my time spent was about for two years at archer heights which is now because i always moved. well i'm not very open to um like expressing myself in front of others i really don't know how what accepting would mean to you guys because i know my family's accepting of it but as to others in the neighborhood not really because i i don't express myself as much out in public So I think I was about in sixth grade, and I had just came home from a baseball game. I used to play baseball when I was younger. And we had pulled into the garage, and I was in the car sweating because this is the time that I wanted to tell my mom. And I referenced food, I started talking about brownies, and I asked her, Mom, how would you feel if I told you that I didn't like the the regular brownies, that I like the brownies with sprinkles? And this is not a lie, because this is how I started it off. And she said, what are you talking about? She was confused. And I said, yeah, what if I like the brownies with sprinkles and not the regular ones? And she kind of just said, well, I wouldn't be upset. And I knew she got the idea of what I was trying to say. And I said, mom, I think I like girls. And she said, well, honey, we already knew we were just waiting on you. So at that point, I felt like my parents came out to me and I didn't come out to them. They were just waiting for me to be ready. And I'm to this day, extremely grateful because there has not been a day where they failed me or discriminated me for who I am. So that would always be a a great story to tell He you never really thought of uh, referencing food for me. I don't know what it was that triggered it, but it was, I knew I wasn't thinking about it on my way home. I just know that I decided to tell her in that moment in that car. Yeah. I, I think she showed me a picture of somebody. I really don't remember, but I just knew I had to tell her that moment because I had her alone. She wasn't next to my dad and my dad was the person I wanted to approach last. probably would have been easier for her to tell him, but it turns out that he knew already as well. Um basically i was the boy that he didn't have he he was very accepting he still kind of struggles with it this day just a little bit he'll make um he he'll make jokes that he thinks are funny that really aren't funny but i under, I understand i understand where he's coming from because he's trying to relate to me so i just i'm glad that he's trying each day not just blocking me out of his life so i remember one day going out to eat with my father and i had a, made a comment about a girl that was on TV, and automatically he asked me, oh, so are you gay? And the way he so- the way he sounded was kind of harsh, but I didn't know what way to approach him yet. So I didn't go ahead and tell him right then and there that I was lesbian. Um, so yeah, I can say that I was worried about my family's reaction. What went through my mind? Well, I just kind of put myself down. Most of the time, I kept myself enclosed with my own feelings, and I thought that they wouldn't accept me for who I was. So I really kept to myself. It affected me mentally because I felt really alone. I didn't think there was someone out there that was going to accept me for who I was, especially my family. Uh, it's kind of, It's it was really hard to come out to them, just because I see them in my everyday lives. And if I were to tell them this one secret, it could potentially ruin my relationship with them for the rest of my life and that's what just kept going through my head so I kept keeping to myself and that just made me um, worse and worse each day because I couldn't keep it in anymore. Yeah, so some struggles I face is making new friends. There's a lot of girls that will openly tell you yeah, but I'm not gay. Say, say I wanted to give somebody a hug or I said, wow, I think you're really pretty. I mean, I'm allowed to compliment people, you know? And it's, it's good to compliment other people, but to have somebody just tell you off the bat right away, say, oh, but I'm not gay, it's kind of offending to me because I wasn't coming off that way towards you. So one of the struggles is um, bonding with other people. Other struggles is with my family, because I am very open with my family about being lesbian. And so are they, they accept it fully but when it comes to my grandparents, they're very traditional, so when I go over, we all know that we have to keep quiet about that. I really haven't experienced anything extreme and I'm extremely grateful for that, but the only uncomfortable thing that I personally experienced was when, uh, it's basically any day that I go out with my girlfriend. Because we don't like the stares. We don't like the remarks that we get from people. We don't like being looked at as eye candy for others. We just kind of, we want to be looked at as normal as if we were a guy and a girl, but this time it's just a girl and a girl. I can't really say I experienced something extreme. I just know that we're discriminated by the people we walk past by every day. I think we're really scared to voice ourselves. I, I really think that's what it is because um, we experience day-to-day or silent discrimination so that kind of just keeps us inside our bubble because we'll keep thinking that oh well, we're already discriminated now and if we come out to the right even more it's going to be worse for us than what it is now yeah so i think we're more scared about it getting worse than where it is now so so i'm really about fema empowerment and one of the things I want to change when I'm older is the amount of LGBT community in the STEM related fields. So that's something I want to see change because as of now less and less LGBTQ people are involved in STEM majors which makes it, um, which makes us not look as I don't want to say smart, that's not the right word but it makes us look underrepresented. It makes us look like you can't do as much as heterosexual people can and I know we can we're just scared to voice our voices acceptance is something I would change everywhere people coming to realize that just because you identify a certain way doesn't change your whole identity or your persona or it doesn't change your friendship with them and make sure that people know that we're not as different as they are I mean i would even just tell myself don't be scared to voice yourself in front of everybody like if i were to hold my girlfriend's hand something small start off something small and build my courage to do it in front of everybody to to notice that this heterosexual life is not going to go away so doing anything less is just going to prevent you from building your courage in front of others so i think building yourself up to present yourself to others is is good advice that I would give anyone or myself. Yeah, so growing up, it wasn't easy for me to come out to my parents either. I came out to them through referencing uh, food. So it's not gonna be easy coming out to your parents and it's not gonna be easy for your parents to accept who you are right away. But just know that you can't hide yourself in a bubble forever and you're gonna wanna experience and learn who you are so it's best to build your courage up and stand up to a life that will never change heterosexual life is never going to change and people are just going to think the way they want to think and so are you so you shouldn't be afraid to voice your opinions or voice yourself in general for the parents i would just say do not give up on your child do not be your child is different and do not push away your child for their identity because at the end of the day, they're gonna be your child. Anything that you do or say is gonna affect them and you don't wanna see them go through any type of depression or shutting you guys out. So I think it's best if you slowly accept who who they are.
2: So that was Mariah and my audio piece, which I also named after her name, Mariah. Um, She brought up a lot of good points. Mm -hmm. Um, For one, um, I like how she mentioned silent discrimination. I I feel like a lot of people don't understand. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody goes through silent discrimination. Yeah. But like LGBTQ plus people like. And she identifying as lesbian. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like the stares or like the yeah. faces that people give her when she's walking yeah. with her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't even have that like simple affection that she can share with her girlfriend and not feel comfortable. Yeah, it's
3: like, yeah, it's this. It's like it's a little different for like everyone. Oh, it's like different for everyone. But, um, it's like yeah, like people like did they not teach you not to stare
2: <laughs> when you really yeah you know like manners first yeah, of all <laughs> it's
3: like but it's also like it's yeah it's uncomfortable because sometimes there's gonna be those people that just stare for way too long and now you kind of like ha- you're getting anxiety because you're like um are they gonna try to do something right like oh, what
2: are you doing like, that's no sis that ain't right yeah and it gets scary because yeah. you hear all these stories of like People from the community, like, getting killed, beat up, or, like... Yeah, it's scary. It's spooky stuff. I don't yeah. like it. And it needs to change now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Mariah. Um, And, you know, we loved her. We love her. We love... We live, breathe, die. Guess, die. Everything. <laughs> so now? Now we're going to get into stereotypes. Yes. Wow. We are going to get into it.
3: These infamous stereotypes. Period. And it's like, ugh, they're annoying. So, girl, I don't know where to begin. But, like, I guess we'll start off with just one stereotype we can start out with, which is the gay best friend.
2: The gay best friend. Wow.
3: Oh, it annoys me. Because, <sighs> like, okay, even though, like, when I got into my new school, like, when I started high school at first, it's just, like, rude how these girls come up to you and they're being all friendly to you. I mean, yeah, it looks nice. They're being friendly, but it's like all these different girls coming up to you. It's like, no, you, like, no. you're assuming that I'm gay, which is like, okay, whatever. Like I am, but like, dude, but like, I'm who's just, who told you that? Yeah, you know? it's like I haven't even come out yet to the school, so like, so why? take several seats, story. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're not. They don't tell you like, okay, you're gonna be my gay best friend. They're like, they they almost hint it. Really, I was like, they they hint it, and they're like, oh, does this look good? Or how's this? Or can you go get him to talk to me? And I'm like. Uh do it yourself. Or like, girl, like I'm no stylist.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like I feel like that's one of like the main things. Like when I was like growing up, like seventh and eighth grade, that's when a lot of people started to like realize they're like, Oh, like we see your side. Like we like people can tell that I was gay. Which is kinda weird. was like how can you tell? You know, like what if I just what if I wasn't, you know? Right. So it was so it was that and then it was like you said, like it was almost like being their personal stylist. Like Right. It's like um excuse me. You paying me? No. I'm like, I don't think this is um, job-friendly here, sweetie. Right. No. This is escuela. This is school. And, yeah.
3: It's one thing for my mom to ask me, like, does this look nice? Or, like, does this go with this? Like, okay. But, like, it's another one, like, these girls coming up to me. They don't know. Yeah. And it's like, no.
2: Yeah. Well, for me, I've been told. They're like, oh, my God, I can't wait, like, for us to go shopping. Like, now that you're, like, my gay best friend. I'm like, okay. Hetero best friend. friend. Like, what are are you
3: talking about? like girl, like I'm not your best friend. you're
2: just using me <laughs> exactly. like, um, like you said, like we said, we're no mm-hmm. stylist. Yeah.
3: And then jumping into the you don't even look gay. it's like like uh-huh. there's some where it's like you don't look gay or like there's a certain like people assume that oh because like you dress a certain way or you do or you act a certain way, people are like, just assume that you're gay and it's like, mm.
2: yeah, and that connects to like the division between like, Femme and masculine, you know, but that's like something that like we kind of like put ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is what I don't like. I'm like, um, Mm -hmm. like it's okay. Like some people actually accept like they they say they're like, oh, yeah, like I am more feminine. But Mm -hmm. it's like they are letting, you know, you know, don't just assume. Yeah. Because like for me, like I do a lot of style, like I like to experiment with style. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would be like, oh, like when I'm looking like all baggy and like I didn't want to try that day you know like with my sweats and mm-hmm. stuff i just want to be comfy and like people will come up to me and they'll be like damn like you look straight and Ex- i'll be like excuse me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when i want to like do my makeup or like just ju- just try different styles yeah. you know yeah. It's like they'll be like oh like you're like more on the feminine side i'm like sus i'm just experimenting sus, with style like, like i'm not a pro like i'm not trying to do anything mm-hmm. like don't put me in this category that i'm not in you know right it's like um
3: excuse me it's yeah. annoying it's really annoying it really is. And then it's, like, also the parts where it's, like... Then it's also, like, the parts where it's, like... Uh, like, the skinny, rich, white, blonde man. Like, that's more associated with being gay. Yeah. It's, like... It's, um... Like, that's, like, what they see. Like, it's just, a, oh, it's, like, a skinny, white, rich person who's, like, gay. And it's, like, what?
2: Right. Like, no. We don't get it. like. Mm-hmm. Whew, and so right now, um we should talk about men and makeup.
3: Men and makeup, yes.
2: Previously um. in our show, um how to be a BBB one oh one, which mm-hmm. was a beat baddie yeah. wee. um and we had amazing people in it, you know. We had yeah. Star Child and yeah. she explained everything, you know. She's right here with us, you know, shout out to her, you know, she's doing great, we love her. And mm-hmm. so we talked about like men and makeup. Yes. And how in the community, yeah. it's harsh.
3: Yeah. Because there's some guys that, are like, they could be, like, super masculine. And then, they but they don't want, like a, like, a guy that wears makeup. Because that's, oh, that's too feminine. Or you're pretty much like a girl. It's like, mm,
2: what? But then that goes with the other thing again. Yeah. Like, who said I right. want to be in the feminine category? You know? It's right. like don't put me in something that I'm not. You mm-hmm. know, like, if it's just my style, it's my style.
3: Right. Like, honestly, these guys be focusing on looks and, like, not your personality. Like, okay, I wear makeup, so what? Like, push that aside.
2: Right, like, what you're gonna do, chief? Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> For I mean, real. Yeah. It's, like, not fair. Not not
3: fair. not fair, but, like, it's... Like, even in, in the community, like, uh, gay men and, and like... Like they discriminate against each other. They're like yeah. it's like they're like, Oh, I'm not discriminating. I just have a preference. Like, no, you're
2: discriminating. You're discriminating, sweetie. Like, Sweaty. <laughs> um Yeah, like I'm gonna just bring up like an influencer who's mm-hmm. like a male, like makeup artist, you know, like everybody yeah. knows James Charles. Yeah. Um he <coughs> <Sis>. <coughs> sorry, y'all, I'm like <laughs> dying. But like he um he oh he's always like talking about how he can't like be in a relationship because like people from the community, like other gay men, do not want a man and make a man in makeup. You know. Yeah. And it's kind of like, huh? Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like, um, it's interesting. It's,
3: yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna give up glam because you don't like that, like analysis.
2: Yeah, and there are people that would give up what they love. Yeah,
3: and it's like, N- uh, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that just brings up another thing, like just being in a relationship is yeah. hard, and being part of the LGBTQ plus community.
3: It's like we can't all be lucky, like Jeffrey Star, and get a straight guy stop. to stop. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's just,
2: it's it's tough out there. Yeah,
3: it's very tough. And or then there's gonna be those straight guys that want to keep it a secret. Like, yeah,
2: we don't know about no. that. Um, yeah. So this is so. You've heard our iconic stories.
3: Classic plastics.
2: Very fetch. On trend.
3: Okay, you're doing them all, sweetie.
2: But it's fetch! Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> Fine. Th- that's it for our show, babies. Remember, we talked about what the LGBTQ plus community stands for. Coming out stories. And you're all very fortunate enough to get the exclusive scoop of Didi's Dee life. So you sound like you're a whole icon. Take several seats. Sweaty. Um, We talked about living in a dominant hetero society. Stereotypes and men in makeup. And that concludes this week's segment. And remember, you're listening to... <clears throat> WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. Until next time, bye guys. Hello,
0: it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing. production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on Soundcloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at YolokaliArtsReach.org for more.
6: Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. I'm Daniel Diaz.
7: I'm Natalie. And I'm Marie.
6: And this is La Mesita.
7: And actually, we just finished having Kumba Link, so like, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
6: The performance, amazing. Mwah. But, <laughs>
7: well, like, legit, I want to hear about that interview you hey, had, Daniel.
6: Oh, yeah. The interview will be coming up very shortly. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as well.
7: So like, are we not gonna talk about that like the performance though? Like other oh, than that the interview, performance was hyped. It was like wow. Like as soon as they got on, like to like the performance up to the cameras, I'm just like, which you guys will see because like we're like we're on radio, you can't see that. It's not visual. But um like literally, I don't know how to like describe it. Like, can you help me? How you can you help me guys? Because like it was like, so. Good. I mean,
6: they had so much energy. I'm being yeah. really serious. They had so much energy for each of the songs, and the performance was on point. I'm being literal, and this is a program that we're talking about.
4: Like,
7: yeah, they were all like they had very in sync dances, and it was like, pop 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 It was like really pa, 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 pa. powerful to look at, honestly. Yeah, I was like ready to you know get up and like dance in the background, you know. And if oh, we're, like, yeah, not definitely. talking about, like, the performance in itself and how powerful it was, I got to say, like, uh, Specs um poem, like, which will, I think, also appear later that on. One, that one was good, yeah. Poems
6: were very nice, I must say, especially The Little Kid. Oh, yeah. Love that poem. Very nice.
7: But, like, I got to talk, like, literally when, like, he, like, said it in the beginning, it just made silence. Like, everybody had to make way for it. Like, I love that. Yeah, like, w- he started, like, a few seconds and everyone was, like, loud, yeah. but then, like, they heard him, like, s- like talking, and then they were, yeah. like, completely silent and, like, it was respected. kind of a powerful moment. Yeah, mm. respected his like, wow. mic. Honestly, that was just like powerful. They were
6: very, very nice, honestly, and they had so much personality.
7: Yeah, I talked to them a little bit, and like they, they seemed really cool and genuine.
6: Oh yeah, honestly, even before the interview, I was. Um, they were like, had so much energy. Yeah, they were, inside like, of them like
7: goofy and and funny
6: oh yeah definitely
7: and like speaking of how like goofy and funny they are actually let's like listen to the interview that he had with them, Daniel
6: oh yeah. yeah hopefully you guys enjoy it I hope so too <laughs> hey y'all uh, you are listening to WOPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y in Little Village my name is Daniel Diaz you haven't heard that name in a long time and this is La Mesita we are here with Cuban Lynx how are you guys doing today Right. Yeah, yeah, we blessed. You guys blessed, thank the Lord. All right, so would you like to tell us a little bit about Cuban Links?
8: Uh, Cuban Links is a hip hop and performing arts organization that's centered around social liberation through artistic expression. Um, Cuban Links has been around um, in Uptown for over 23 years and going on to our 24th year. And yeah, we just want to provide a space for young folks can uh, express themselves, but also do it through a social uh, lens where they're talking about uh, certain topics or things that's happening in their community and across the world.
6: Oh, that sounds really amazing. For 20, for 27, 20?
8: 20, 20, 23 years. 23
6: years. Wow, that is a long time. That must have been amazing right there. So really quick, uh, so you said the purpose of the program was to engage the youth? Yes.
8: Uh, The purpose of the program is to um, provide a space for young folks to express themselves through a social lens. And so a lot of that artistic expression is um, driven by uh, having these tough conversations around toxic masculinity, gentrification, uh, racism, uh, whiz, consent culture, things like that.
6: Ah, okay. So you would... So you're saying that that is like the purpose of the program, to like teach kids like of the gentrification and all that?
8: Yeah, so the purpose of the program is to use art as a stage or a platform to educate their peers and folks who just don't know, and also to be a voice for those who don't have a voice.
6: Oh, OK. Very interesting right there. So when you guys
8: are going out to perform, do you guys have usually a routine follow? Um, yeah it depends on the show though so like uh some some events may be a festival right so like where where we're we'll do an excerpt of different pieces that we already have, if it's a theater setting though, like where we're in an the actual theater, then we'll have a more so of a theater production where we we'll have a storyline concept theory uh and things like that. So it's, a, it's a routine poetry, music production. So like our music production crew, they they do, um, emceeing, singing, and making beats, and then we have poets who do you know they do their poetry thing, and then we have the dance crew who who do several different genres of dance.
6: Oh, that's that sounds great. Um, really quick, do you wanna um, pass it around? Um, to um, we show introduce everybody,
8: who, huh? Let everybody introduce themselves? Yeah, if if you want. I'm going to start right here to the right.
4: My name is Trayvon Phillips. I go to uh, community, uh, I mean, I go to Uplift Community High School. (laughs) That's all, and I'm 17 years old. And
6: what part do you have in the group? Uh, I dance,
4: and I love to do art, but I don't do it all the time because I'm focused on dancing.
6: Oh, okay. So you do a little bit of art in your free time? Yeah. Oh.
9: My name's Tracy, and I... Hey! And I like to, um, dance and, and paint and draw, and painting is, like, everything. You can make anything when you're painting or drawing.
8: And I'm Mad Dog. I'm the program manager, and, uh... That's it. I
9: also I also sing poems.
0: Oh, that's nice.
10: Um, my name is Chinasa. Everybody calls me NASA though. Um, I'm 17. I'm a senior at Lane Tech. Um, I've been in the program for like almost four years, and uh, I dance.
11: Um, my name is Kevin, but I go by Spec. Uh. Um, 15, I go to Lindblom. Uh, I, I do everything but dance, but mainly in Kumba, I do uh, poetry, where I could sing, I could draw, I could do photography, I could do it all.
1: So, yeah. My name is Cornell, and I'm 16, I go to Uplift Community High School, and I'm a dancer.
6: Well, since we met all of you, I hear, well, for you, Especially, you're kind of like an all-in-one type dude, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool right there. So, um, if you want, you can pass it back to your manager. He doesn't really mind.
9: Manager.
6: <laughs> All right. Like, this next question, um, any of you can answer. But uh, do you guys create your own uh, type of dance, or do you follow someone else? And if so, are you inspired by videos online?
8: All right, so we gonna have we got two dancers here, so we gonna I'm gonna let both of them um, answer those questions for you.
10: Um, so most of the time there is like a um, like a dance instructor there. Um, right now, um, the person that's kind of instructing us, her name is uh, Jazz. Um, so yeah, most of the time she's teaching us choreography that she came up with recently or like in the past, and she like teaches us and. We perform it wherever we um, are booked or whatever, but we also have the opportunity to create our own um, choreographies. Personally, I've created um, two dances that we have been using recently, Um, so yeah.
6: That sounds amazing.
10: (laughs) So the the first dance is to OG Bobby Johnson, and then the second one is to um, Ella May. Own it, own it by LMA.
6: Oh, okay. So would you say that you're inspired by jazz?
10: Yes. Um I love personally I love to be like to study under a bunch of different people because everybody has something different to offer. And right now jazz, she's like she's really focused on like technique and um yeah, we do all types of different dances. There's like hip-hop, you know, a little bit of uh, contemporary, ballet, stuff like that. So, yeah, it really uh, helps broaden my horizon.
4: I was inspired by Jazz, too. Uh, that's our dance instructor. Uh, she uh, sometimes let us uh, make our own dances. But if y'all wanted to do them, she will let y'all do them. So uh, me and my dad came up with one dance. It's called Envy Me. Uh, he came up with the first part. You know, I messed up sometimes but I had to get it right. Yeah, I came up with the second part, but he didn't know how to do it, so <laughs> he didn't want to do it no more, so yeah, that's how
6: so would uh, so would you two like kinda work together with jazz or would you two like like both be separate or what's the deal? It's, I, I,
10: so, it really depends. So, if Jazz makes, makes up the choreography, she'll just come in and teach us the days we have programming. But then she'll also give us the time sometimes in class to partner up with uh, some of our peers in the class. And we each come up with like an eight count. And then we all come together and um, kind of like showcase what we have. And then at the end, we all put our choreography together to make one big piece. Like, even one time, me and Trayvon, we Created um, like a a couple accounts to Billie Eilish. Um, what was that song called? I don't want to be you anymore. We came up with like a joint piece, and then it all came together as one big piece.
6: Oh man, I wish I I wish I went to see that honestly. <laughs> so this is, this goes out to uh, all dancers for a real quick question. What's your favorite shoes for uh, performing in? What's your
5: favorite shoes?
8: You, oh
9: Tracy, what's your favorite shoes to dance in? Nikes. <laughs> Nikes. Uh
8: I say um most footworkers, because I'm a footworker, um, uh, we like to dance in um Jordan retro ones. Whoa. So uh th- th- those are those probably the most popular um footwork dance shoes,
4: I would say. Uh, I usually dance in my basketball shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, any basketball shoes. LeBron's, uh, Under Armour, you know, anything. So, you like the,
6: so, do you like usually, do you have like a preferred brand or do you usually like any basketball shoes? It's any basketball form? shoes. Any basketball shoes, okay. That's cool. That's like, cool. Like, like an all around type dude. Doesn't yeah. matter what, just basketball shoes.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, For me, I don't think it's really like a brand. I think it's just like I have, I find one pair of shoes and then if they're comfortable, i always answer them. Like right now, I don't have them on, but my pink, I have some pink Pumas with like no laces. It's just like a quick slip in so shoe. Like
6: a stri- oh, so like a quick sh- slip in shoe. I have like I have yeah. one of those
10: on, right? Yeah, now. Like it, it kind of looks like that, but it's pink. So, um, yeah.
1: Um, Nike, because like they're more supportive, I think.
8: Nike
1: Nike. Any type of Nike.
6: Any type of Nike. So you just, that one preferred brand, yes, Nike. So um again to the dancers, um oh <laughs> again to the dancers. Uh is hip hop your favorite genre or do you like other types of uh music? And this can be for like anyone on the circle right now. Uh
4: hip hip hop is not the only genre. Um, mostly mostly a jazz. Um, we do anything but like it gotta be not that complicated, but my dad know how to do it all, so
8: you make it up. What was the question again? Uh, oh, favorite it, genre? Favorite Ad-
6: genre. Like, do you only prefer hip-hop, or do you have other types of well, uh, favorite?
8: Well, we try to get everybody to be, like, well diverse in anything, but um, I prefer uh, footwork music or R&B music. Oh. I'm not... I like hip-hop. Like, I love hip-hop because I am hip-hop, but, like, it's just, like, R&B and... Uh, Footwork music or juke music is the best to me.
6: All right.
10: Yeah, I think I prefer hip-hop, but I personally believe that in order to be, like, a really great dancer, you should be well-rounded. So that means... um,
6: So you should enjoy, like, most of the music, you know? Exactly. any type.
10: Like Right. So along with dance comes like hand in hand is music. So whatever music you're listening to, then more than likely you're going to be dancing to that type of music. So I try to listen to like a, a wide variety of music because I don't want my dances to be just like narrow narrowed within uh, like the techniques or the type of dances that I'm doing. Ah, all right.
1: um i will honestly say like hip-hop and more of like contemporary because in order to be a dancer you got to be able to do a couple of different styles of dance so and also hand it with music you also have to enjoy the music in order to dance because if you don't like the music then you're not gonna perform it as well as you would with other music
6: ah all right all right i get it so this next question is for the poets in the group so um what's your inspiration behind uh what you write about?
11: Um I personally get inspired by anything. Like I could listen to an album by an artist and write. I could see something outside and write. I, I personally just get inspired by anything because writing is kind of my escape from everything else. Like I feel when I write I could just be honest because it's not like I'm talking to anybody, I'm talking practically to myself. So when I write, it's more of an escape. So I feel like I can talk about anything, about anyone, about any subject in the world. Because writing is just that it's just shelter, that yeah. suffrage place for me. So kind of, I write about anything. Like, you could say Apple. I'll write about an Apple. So, oh, yeah. okay. About apple now? <laughs> like... <laughs> um <laughs> like I don't know, like apples have a core and they got seeds, like their heart. I wonder when they fall do they feel heartbreak too, like some shit like that. that,
10: Something, like that. Oh. Something like that. Something
11: like that. Oh, 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 Something well, like that. Something like that.
6: Well I gotta say that was very uh that's a good, like, little start to a nice poem right there, I must say. Is there any um, other poems that want to, uh, I mean, poets that want to speak out? Yeah? So
8: so what inspires you to write? Why do you write? What do you like to write
9: about? I like to write about, like, pe- some, like, people caring about self and taking care, but, like. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And
8: Daddy, you
9: haven't
8: talked about anything. <laughs> um, I mean, I I write, but I only, to be honest, I only write about footwork. <laughs> like, all my, all my, uh, all my poems per se are all uh, about footworking and where footwork come from and oh, um, okay. what's hurting footwork and, and oh. um, you know my love for it and and things that I and and harm that I feel like I did to the footwork culture.
6: So, coming back to all this footwork, this one can be in general for all of you, but do you guys follow like a special type of diet to help you guys like keep like this type of dance you know to keep up with your own self and your own life to keep up with like the performance and whatnot
8: yeah, that's the court now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, my diet is like kind of strict, but not so like before any performances, if I know about them. I always drink a lot of water and fruits and exercise for like an hour or two before I go to sleep. Um, Personally, before
11: performances, I don't really eat anything, because when I'm doing poetry, I either have to move or I have to remember. And usually when I'm multitasking, like trying to remember, I can't really remember. So I usually just like drink water. To like make sure my throat's clear, but like I don't gotta. I just don't eat. I try to not eat fast food because with fast food it clogs up my body, it clogs up my mind. I can't think, writer's block. So you try to like eat healthy stuff that's like good for you. Mm. That's good. That's good right there.
10: Um, I think I just drink a lot of water, like uh, Cornell said, because it's so important. And then I think I try to work on my breathing because when you're dancing, you have to be conscious of breathing or you're going to get tired really fast and like I have this bad habit of like when I'm performing and I'm like really into it then I kind of like almost forget to breathe as much oh. as I it, it sounds crazy but like I'm going so hard that like I take I'm still breathing but not as much as I need to to keep all that air so like you, flowing so I kind of like do a couple breathing exercises when I'm by myself or you know just
6: just to make sure that like you're good
8: enough for the performance right you know? yeah right all right uh just to be one hundred, um I have a horrible diet. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. I have a horrible diet as well. Yeah, yeah, I uh I yeah, I just stopped caring. <laughs> and I know it's not good, but like, you know, most of my life I was a, a athlete, boxer and wrestler, so I was always on a diet. And so once I stopped doing sports, I didn't care. I just started eating. And I know that's not good. I need to be I need to do better.
4: That's true. Um, I got the same thing, I got a, torrible, a, torrible edit. Okay. <laughs> a terrible, I'm terrible at it. Terrible at it. And my diet, I eat a lot of food. I eat chips before I go on the stage. No.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with that, would you guys want to say anything else?
11: Hey, hey, hey! Y'all can go follow me on my Instagram, um, spec underscore k, s p e k underscore k. Um, yeah, I just I, I want to spread my word and my poetry out to everyone. So I just yeah.
10: Um, well, as long as I'm here, y'all can go follow my Instagram too. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dot real underscore NASA, like you know, the uh, air. Oh fancy. <laughs>
4: <Pre-ram thing. laughs> Me too. Like Carmel underscore Trayvon. You go see all my dances under the Tracy, you ain't got nothing. What you got to say,
8: Tracy?
9: Have a good diet and I got a bad diet.
8: Okay. Uh I I think my uh, Instagram uh yeah, I I really don't know what my Instagram is. <laughs> My Facebook is uh, Christopher Mad Dog Thomas. Um, you can also um, follow Kumbalinks on our website. Uh, we take donations. You can buy merchandise. Uh, we have these shirts um, that say we get free. Um, our ancestors are proud of us. We got a lot of things that's like, like uh, merchandise that's uh, to liberate you and to move you for you to get free. Oh, and that's so cool. that's our whole mission. So just go to kumbalinks.com. And you can see everything, all our media, videos, uh, our mission, like what we're about and what we're
1: fighting for.
6: Well, thank you. Hopefully you guys um, enjoyed. One more. We got one
1: more. One more? One more? All right. Well, you can go follow me on Instagram at itsofficial, I-T-T-S, underscore official.
6: All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview, and we will see their performance Later on today. Hopefully you guys can stick around. Oh yeah, my
8: my Instagram is K L underscore Mad Dog underscore FWK, which means Footwork Kings. Bam. All
6: right. And you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago one oh five point five FM Lumpin' Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y in Little Village.
8: Yeah. Woo! Woo-hoo.